0: As 20-somethings, employment, career path, and livelihood are constantly on our minds. We have bills to pay, duties to fulfill, and dreams to realize. But for many of us, the path to achieving these things are very unclear. In this episode, we'll be talking about the impacts of an academic degree in today's competitive world. I'm your host, Onola Salawo, and co-hosting this show with me is Vincent Ekep. So um, we'll get right into it with the first question. We have two guests with us today, um, Simbo Latourigun and Rotimi Dushola. I, t- I will let them introduce themselves because I don't think I can do justice to the introductions. Um, I will start with um, Rotimi Dushola. Please, could you introduce yourself?
1: Hi. Um, can I crave the indulgence of everyone to have Simbo? introduce ourselves first you okay. know in the spirit of you know okay. uh, being gentleman yeah and we, you know we are now in the in the month we're going into the month of the international women so okay. Simba
2: should go Fair first. Enough.
3: all right thank you for being so gracious hi everyone my name is Ola Simba Ola Turegu um I am a repentance engineer actually I studied engineering but I never really actually quite practiced Um, But I have more than a decade experience in marketing and program management. Um, I have worked across Sub-Saharan Africa on a lot of social impact programs, fortunately, both professionally and personally. I am an avid volunteer. Um, I love to do things that are impactful to my community and are just impactful to people and to life overall i strongly believe that humans were made to lead a life of to live a life of impact so i don't think we're just here to live you know eat and die i think it's important that we're living we're, we're very deliberate and very purposeful about how we live life um at the moment i do policy programs for a big tech firm, and I focus on sub-Saharan Africa. My remit is specifically on helping nonprofits to use digital platforms a little better. I'm very excited about the work that I do, and I'm very grateful for that. I, I have come to a place where the work that I do quite excites me, and it's not like something that I'm just like, doing, to do like a, doing because it's like a tick in the box, and it's like, okay, well, bills must be paid. Um, I am also known in certain circles as, as the chief advancer of the Women Agenda, because I have a personal focus and a personal priority on like doing work on doing work that helps increase gender equity and just helps women overall um, I used to lead a program called Women Will in, um, in Sub-Saharan Africa it was a Google program um, that aimed to support women's economic potential through digital skills and community building um, I am based in Lagos, Nigeria um, and that's it Okay. Thank you so much, Fembo. Um, Rotimi,
0: can you take over now?
1: Yes, um, thanks. Um, good afternoon, everyone. Um, my name is Rotimi Dushola. I am a lawyer, both by training and in the work that I do. Uh, I, I spent the first 10 years of my professional life uh, in training in what uh, is reputed to be one of the best law firms in Nigeria, and perhaps indeed in Africa, it's called Aluko and Uh And I was at in those first ten years. I was passionately involved in, you know, advocacy and litigation work. I loved going to court. Um, after that, i moved in house, uh, started in the early days in the telecoms industry revolution in Nigeria, when what we all know as GSM first started in the early 2000s with um, MTN Nigeria Telecommunications Limited. Uh, As an in-house counsel, I still did legal work, uh, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, And after some 12 years in MTN, Um, I then moved into a different sector of the economy. From telecoms, I've moved to uh, fast-moving consumer goods product. I now work with Guinness Nigeria PLC, as the legal director and company secretary of the company. Guinness Nigeria is an iconic brand that many of us on this call will know. It is part of a multinational called Diageo brands, Diageo, Diageo UK, Diageo is the biggest international premium spirit product um, uh, manufacturer in the world. Um, and so um, clearly many of us on this call will know that, okay, this fellow is, uh, passionate about what, you know, the organization does. But for those of you who may choose to drink, uh, given that you are above uh, the legal purchase age of 18, my recommendation is that you must drink responsibly. You do so responsibly. But in terms of career, I've been a lawyer all my life. I've thoroughly loved it. And I'm actually looking forward to this conversation today uh, because I feel that there are a few things I could share with those of us on the call uh, that can be uh, an encouragement. Um, Along the lines of what I heard Simba say, I'm also quite passionate about um, diversity and inclusion. Indeed, in my current role in Guinness, Nigeria, I am the chairman of the board of the, there's a diversity and inclusion board uh, which I chair and you know, I'm also personally committed to, you know, um, supporting younger professionals, especially professionals, you know, younger uh, professional colleagues in finding their feet in their chosen field. Uh, I'm passionate about sports. Honestly, we shouldn't get into that conversation and we, or, or, or unless we don't want to end. So let me leave it at that and let the anchors take, take it from there.
0: All right. Thank you so much for the introduction. It was very, you know, broad. Uh, so I would like to take both of you a bit back. Um, I, I would I'd like to go into your education. Um, how do you think your education, that's a question that I clear to both of you. Um, how do you think your education, particular, particularly what you studied at the university, how do you think it influenced your current career? I know that the answer will be very different, but I would like to hear... Um, both from both your um perspectives. Um so yeah I would like to go for with um Rotimi this time first. Not symbol.
1: Okay. <laughs> so, thank yeah. you. Thank you um Bono. Um so I studied um, law, obviously, in the university. I went to Ogun State University. I'm very proud of having come out of that institution because I think it has molded me uh, in what I've managed to achieve so far in my career. Um, I always wanted to study law. If I wasn't a lawyer, I think the only other thing you know I, I would have wanted to be is a professional footballer. So when I said that I, I was passionate about sports, I, I actually meant football. Um, but my dad would hear nothing of it. As a matter of fact, my dad was one of those parents that would tell you that, look, if you didn't study what he described as a professional Course, he wasn't going to sponsor you. So, uh, first attempt at jump, I I didn't you know score high enough. So I was offered philosophy, and my dad said, "No ways, you gotta go back and write it again." So second attempt, I got into um, you know the law faculty of Open State University. From there, I went to the Nigerian Law School. Um, and how has that you know influenced my career? Honestly, it's, you know, when you are doing what you've always wanted to do, uh, that's the way I feel. Um, I think that because I have been passionate about, you know, uh, the study of law, and I've always been curious about what lawyers do, it's helped me to be uh, quite focused and it's helped me to also stay, you know, grounded and connected, and therefore helped my career in its progression uh, it's a different thing when I start to talk about, you know, uh, what I actually do as a lawyer, because, you know, I started earlier during the intros to say, you know, I used to love going to court. Uh, so broadly speaking, in Nigeria, when you're a lawyer, you could broadly speaking, be either in legal practice in a law firm or on your own. Or you could be working in-house. I've had a bit of both worlds. And, you know, uh, I, I think the fact that I studied law, obviously what I do, you have to have qualified as a lawyer for you to be able to work as a lawyer. So it's pretty easy, actually. It has, the short answer to the question, therefore, is that it has been quite helpful in helping me stay grounded, focused. Thank you. Thank you.
0: Thank you very much. So, um, Simbo, I'm actually like very, very curious about your answer,
3: <laughs> considering your background. Because what I, what I studied <laughs> and what I'm doing are two different things, no? So, yes, yes, I mean, exactly. Maybe not completely, entirely different. So, I studied engineering, and I think by my well, it, so I studied engineering. My mother didn't want me to study engineering, right? But I was doing really well in math. Um, I absolutely detested physics and that should have been the sign for me that I shouldn't really try engineering. I hated physics so much. Chemistry I was okay, biology was you know was all right, you know. But I loved math and I did both math and further math and consistently got A's in math. So because of you know, my love for math, I thought I thought, okay, it would be great to go do engineering. Um, I mean I, I I I quite liked engineering. I just always used to probably the best. The best grade I got in physics in the first couple of years when I was doing physics, um, it was maybe like a C. I, I just did really poorly in that particular particular area. And if you know engineering, you know that if the, the foundation really is math and physics, right? So the moment you the moment that foundation isn't there or doesn't work, then you, you it's listen it's going to be a struggle um, for you to go through particularly. So I realized that a bunch of my other courses that were based on like a deep knowledge of physics as i advanced through weren't they just weren't working for me and i I wasn't working for them either so in like my 200 level i realized that i don't i didn't think i could do this for the rest of my life and i already started thinking of okay what am i going to do for the rest of my life you know um Right. So anyway, so I finished and I knew without a shadow of a doubt that I didn't want to do engineering. So I didn't explore when I was in like my fourth year or so. A bunch of people in my class were writing CCNA exams. They were writing all those professional exams and things like that. I did not put that myself out of it because I knew that this wasn't for me. But I didn't know what was for me and I was just in the spirit of you know, I wasn't. But you know, as, as things happen, like I, I, was, I was, I think in my final year when I was like trying to think about, um, so what do I want to do? One of the things I kind of landed on was that I wanted to do something that wasn't like a regular nine to five like not something that was just that was very routine I wanted something that allowed me to apply some creativity and I think back my mother really actually wanted me to go into the arts class she felt that it would actually be have been great for me to do to do I think it was linguistics or so because I was I was also I was also very good at French I can't speak any French now don't ask me but I was very good at French when mm-hmm. I was in I was probably I'm one of the very few people in my class who kept at the french classes and was doing well up to like ss2 thereabouts um so i, I so this is when i look back and i'm like ah, i really should have listened to this woman you know <laughs> but here we are and i i i don't believe in regrets i and so i don't i don't regret any part of my journey at all and i'll speak about how my training in engineering has kind of helped, helped me helped from, from how I think, how I act, and just, just how I, how I behave, behave overall. Because engineering kind of imbibes and ingra- and ingrains in you um, a deep analytical mindset. You can be a successful engineer, or a successful mat- mat- mathematician or a scientist, if you aren't like very analytical. One plus one is equals two. You know, this is how we have arrived here. This is how you're able to like, you know, think, properly and analytically you can't just you don't do things with some vibes and films you know it has to make sense it has to be like you know sequential um so i finished engineering and in my final year i be thinking about what kind of industry i wanted to go into and in my head like the, the thing i could think of was kind of advertising i didn't know a lot about the sector in that in in that moment but you know i was like okay you know maybe advertising would like help me be quite creative you know um, let me apply my creativity. And when I finished, I finished in 2009. I went to serve for a year. And at the end of 2010, I was in interviews and I had two job offers. One was in the bank, one of the biggest banks in Nigeria, and the other one was with an FMCG company, PZ Cousins. Um, the PZ Cousins role was as a graduate management as a graduate management trainee. So you would go into a management trainee program for six months and um, at the end of the six months, you choose what department you wanted to go into. And you had, like, all these options. You could choose whatever it is you wanted. But, it, but they kind of give you, like, a, like, time to go through, literally go through every department in the organization over six months, and then you decide at the end. If there's availability, then you go. If, if there isn't, they'll probably put you in the closest place, right? But typically, there's really, like, space and availability around you. in in those areas so I entered like with a with a prayer but knowing that I did want want to go into marketing because you know marketing was closest to advertising which I kind of decided on at that time that I wanted to do so that was how my career in marketing started I did a (laughs) six-month program um and it was it was a really it was a really decent program I can't lie it was doing really well I'm not sure if they still have it right now but it was a really good program at the time um, I had a six-month program, and then I moved. I chose marketing as where I wanted to work. Um, I was at PZ Cousins, and that was how, like, I switched from engineering kind of, you know, into marketing. So I did marketing at PZ. If you if you don't count the six months I did in the management training program, I did marketing at PZ for about almost a year, actually, just over a year. So I spent about a year and a half total at, at PZ Cousins. And towards the end of PZ Courses, I, I was hired by Intel Semiconductors. So, Intel Semiconductors um, it's not a very familiar organization. I'm trying to tell people what to do. It's a very familiar organization to, ma- to many Nigerians. And many people actually didn't know that they were even, even on the continent. I don't know speak of Nigeria at all. Please let me know if I'm speaking too fast, because you know I do that by default. I, <laughs> I can hear you, very I will good. slow down if you need me to. Um, so Intel Semiconductors, they are the guys that make, they're like the biggest chip company, or they used, I don't, I don't know if AMD has caught up with them now, yeah. but it used to be the biggest chip company that make, you know, all your Intel. Back in the day, it was Pentium Duo, um, Intel Core i7, Core, I, you know, Core i5, Core i3, ETC. So they basically created the chip, that powered, the computers, um, and they, amongst like a bunch of other things that they do. Um, here in the market, they're focused on like consumer consumer marketing and, you know, just making sure that um, both consumer and cash is somewhat like commercial businesses, like Intel was like the preferred option. Um, so, how, I was actually hired for that role because I had a computer engineering background. So, you see how this actually wow. came into play or, or, mm-hmm. or how this, has, this kind of helped me find the kind of opportunities you know, that I didn't even know that, I, that were available. So, I was hired in that role. The role was a market development manager role. So, was it was really a marketing role. However, he needed somebody with a, with a technical background, or somebody who, who at least could read. Like, well, the, the way it was described to me at the time, could read like technical specifications and kind of get it. At the time, I couldn't really read technical specifications and get it, so because I never really practiced. However, just because I had a computer engineering background, I was hired into that role, and um, yeah, I spent five years in that role, I think, um, and then I moved to I moved to I moved to Google and did product marketing at Google. Um, but at Google, I didn't need my, I didn't need my engineering background at all. It wasn't like I, I moved into a role that was kind of focused on social impact programs, even though it was a marketing role. And then after that role, I moved to Facebook and another policy program for Facebook for, for Sub-Saharan Africa. But the real thing that was important to note is that I now work in like the tech industry. And if you look like if you look at the, what I studied and the industry I work in, they kind of quite align and the main reason that i got into this space originally because i feel like you know i feel like so some of the spaces when you're in your are it's easier to move to like just move through like the fang companies fang is um facebook amazon apple netflix google it's just to move around yeah it's just to move, like amongst Fang amongst like yeah. the Fang companies and like the big tech companies the moment you just have one of them on your resume um so I do believe that Intel gave me the entry into like to work, work, work in FANG. and I couldn't have gotten into Intel if I did not have my computer engineering degree. Um, and also, just overall, how I think, how I how I make decisions, how I problem solve, I I I relate a lot of that. I mean, but, but while I feel like I, I feel like some people do have some of those skills in an innate innate manner, I relate a bunch of that to my training, mm. my five years as an engineer, because it was just. You don't make a haphazard decisions. You make a decision based on okay, this is why, this is the reason. Like you, there's some depth to, like it builds depth in your thinking and in your thoughts. Um, so that's it. I didn't expect it to be that long, actually. Okay, here we are. <laughs> no, it was long
0: and it was really informative and detailed. So I'm really grateful for that.
2: Exactly. <laughs> right.
0: Yeah. So I was going to ask the next question. I'm going to ask. You sort of answered it, but you didn't dwell on mm-hmm. it. It's, it's um question of um a lot of people like, I don't know if it's a if it's something that's existed before now, but I'd like to say my generation. When, once we get to a particular level of um of studying maybe territory institution maybe final or mm-hmm. something some of us um just feel like ah i cannot do this thing in real life i cannot mm-hmm. i actually cannot practice in this line it's not for me that kind mm-hmm. of thing so the question i wanted to ask was did you ever feel that way and you've mentioned that yes um a, you, you you knew that you couldn't yep. practice yeah so i wanted to ask both of you um how if, if both of you ever felt that way and if you did feel that way how did you get past it like i um i would really appreciate you know practical one two steps mm. of how you manage to yeah solve yeah.
2: the situation exactly especially dealing, pre- dealing with the pressure of that because i'm on my way sometimes it comes with some level of pressure you know you've studied engineering for four or five years if you feel like it's a waste of, in- you know, so many things could go through your mind, a waste of investment, mm-hmm. am I sure I'm going to succeed here? So how did you really deal with you all know, of that. would like to me to actually yeah. go first and then
3: I'll answer. Um,
1: yes, I'm happy to go first. Uh, uh, and, you know, I'm kind of hoping that the info, or the, the response I've give would not be too straightforward uh, because I think uh, the world we live in today now and calls for all of us, all young people, to see what they study as empowerment rather than a constraint. Uh, so if you look at the example that uh, Simba shared, I think it's great. Uh, but if I even going to focus on someone who studies law, for example, and it kind of feels like there is some perceived limits to what a lawyer can do. But I think that is, um, it's a fallacious way of viewing things now in the current world that we live in. Because you could actually, and you should see what you study as you know, a way of empowering you to be impactful in the world now. Um, So rather than entertain peers around whether or not you want to create a career out of what you studied, you should be asking yourself the question, if you take your course of study as the uh, foundational empowerment, what are the problems, what are the challenges in the world today that I can you know, uh, focus on addressing and resolving in and then use what I have studied as part of the platform for doing that. Uh, I think in the example that um, Simba shared with us, you guys can see that quite clearly being an engineer and then getting into the, um, you know, uh, the tech world. But similarly, being a lawyer, for example, and you look at around you and say there are problems, there are challenges all over the world. You can use your foundation in law and I dare say in any other discipline that you study as the basis for saying what are the challenges that currently bedevil the world that I am going to focus on you know, addressing and you are then going to be utilizing your 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 the, the course of study as well as focusing on something that's impactful on the on the world and you know maybe even also along the line you are, you are enjoying what it is that you are doing personally um i actually didn't have that challenge uh because I, like i said i am kind of you know, living my dream in the sense that uh, I've always wanted to be a lawyer and I am a lawyer. But what I have found is that when I moved in law from being, you know, in active legal practice in a law firm, and then I moved in in house, I found myself to be more of a business leader. Uh, Actually, people don't see me as a lawyer because in the management, at the management level in a big multinational like Keynes, you are you know even if you are the legal director which is the role that i currently occupy no what nobody is looking for you to come and tell them what the constitution says or what the labor act says what they are looking for is how you apply your knowledge to the strategic objectives to facilitating the achievement of the strategic objectives of the organization and in that small micro space you could say that is the challenge you know to address with the Background that you have, but the world itself, as they say, the world is now an oyster. The world is actually out there for you to then you know see. So I can I can extrapolate and say beyond what I do in Guinness and using my foundation in law to help the organisation achieve its strategic objectives. I can also use my foundation in law to tackle challenges that are going on in the world, and there are so many of them. Let me stop there.
3: Um, Simba. Okay, so the question was, um, like, in the times, in the periods when I, when like, when when you're struggling, when you get to a place where, like, oh my God, what am I doing here? I don't want to finish this. Like, how how do you keep moving? Okay, I can answer now with the power of hindsight, but in the moment, I'm not sure that I that I necessarily handled it right um but first let me let, let me give you context so i finished with a, three, maybe a 3.7 gp or so so i finished with a 2.1 what was a very close to one me myself i know that i could have finished with a first class if i really wanted to <laughs> i could have finished with a first class if i really wanted to or i could have finished with a really high two one. but in the period when i was there I was like like i was i was there were exams that i was literally picking up my notes the night before I never failed the course, you know, honestly, but like, I would like, it's only like the ones I didn't really like, like the physics or co, i would maybe like get a D, you know? So I didn't get like great grades. Um, But I, I was fortunate because I pulled through. Now I'm not going to tell you that. I'm not going to give you my answer now with the power of hindsight. Half of like half of life I'm moving forward is commitment. Right. So it's that I don't necessarily like this thing, right? But I want to, but I have committed to it. It is hard for me to do, but I'm going to complete it. Like finishing the things that you start, I'm just following through. Half of the tips of success in life is, commin- or is committing yourself to something and finishing it. And that is literally like the advice I have for, for many people. You have to understand that we're now in a world where we're not in a world where it's not, you're, honestly, you're, your degree these days is not like barely matters. You know, honestly, as long as you can, you're, you're a learner and you can learn new things and you're teachable, you can literally, literally do anything that you want. You can finish with a degree in biochemistry and then decide how to be a software engineer. So you go online and you learn how to do it. Are you applying yourself? Are you committing to something and saying, okay, this is what I want to do? The truth is many of many of us went through uni i think i think i, I think if a, a people were very lucky like rotimi who went in with clarity on what they wanted but the, but let me tell you something i i know that you guys a bunch of you guys just finished recently so you know it's you're probably in that space i probably relate a little bit this thing about clarity is that a, a lot of us felt where many of us probably felt like the felt the the first the last couple of years of uni and maybe the first few years when we started working Many of us were in a his. Many people. It was like, am I sure this is what I want to do? Am I sure I want to focus on this and build a career in this? It's okay to second-guess things. But when you arrive at a decision and say this is what I want to spend my time on, commit. It is important that you build the muscle of commitment. The problem is too many people now give up. I actually know someone who is... I guess his own story is a little bit different, but he opted out of school. Like he he abandoned school in the middle. But what was important to note was that he's, he's not quite successful, actually. Very successful. Work, works for a fan company now. Um, and he, he, he still doesn't have a degree. But what was important to note with him was he was a very deliberate learner. So he was learning a bunch of new things. So he left uni, a private, a private university. Left uni and then went on to, okay, this, what, what am I really interested in? And then went and chased those things. That is very risky. So I'm not saying that you should do it So. And I'm not I'm not really advocating for it, but it's um I'm I'm just trying to make a point about clarity and like having like direction and knowing exactly what it is you want to do. Um clarity comes with time in some cases. If you're fortunate, you get clarity a little early. But if you don't have clarity, it is okay. Some of these things is just trying a bunch of new things, just try, try, try something here or try something, but commit to the things that you try. It is important. You know, and it's also important that you learn to listen to yourself, right? So you're spending time, like, learn, learn to learn to separate a lot of the noise that's happening around you, right? And then check that. Okay, um, what, what, what do I really, what am I, what do I really think about this matter? You know, am I, is this thing, that, this thing that I think about this, is this something that, is it because of something that somebody said, or is it because of something that you know somebody advising me? And listen to yourself. Ask from, ask advice from people. Ask people what they how, how they see you sometimes, you know, just, it's important to go through like a period of self, um, self, like what I say self-search but anyway, self-awareness is just important. Um, anyway, bottom line is commitment. When you pick something, it is important to commit to it. So if you're in school right now, you're thinking, I really hate this course I want to do. Right. You know, half of life is like, okay, I am in 400, 500 level. I'm literally almost done or 300 or 400 level i'm almost done why don't i complete this just mm. not because i particularly like it but because i have committed to it and i want to demonstrate commitments and then if you want to try something new the world is literally your oyster you can you can learn new things at any point in time that's it hmm.
0: so i'm so i'm so happy because um every single question the next question i want to ask both of you have touched on it a bit. so the next question I, i wanted to ask i don't know if it still even requires asking is that um in today's world like in the working world because both of you are quite you know exposed to it um would you say a degree um if someone has like a third class or you know but then the person is really, really skilled at, let's say, software development, coding, and things like that. But their degree is not really, really strong. Um, how do you think it will play out for them in terms of getting employed? Um, just, without, like, how do you think it will play out for them in terms of getting employed in general? I know that that question might be more focused on to um, to use Symbol. But I would also like to hear... Um, Rotimi's perspective, because I'm pretty sure, even though you guys are not directly connected to employment and tough stuff like that, um, I would like to hear your opinions on skill versus degree,
2: so to speak. And, yeah, exactly. To keep in, bear in mind that for some um, for some applications, you get to see that uh, applicants must hold a first class or a 2-1 in such. Yeah. So now how do we balance it up I probably have a third class degree, but then I have the skills you're looking for.
1: Yeah, it it is a challenge uh, in contemporary times. I mean, if you look, if you just look at the sheer number of people who are graduating from high institutions in Nigeria and compare that to the very limited, you know, opportunities, employment opportunities that are available. And I recognize that this question seems to be focused on where, the choice is to go for paid employment. Uh, I don't think it matters uh, much. If, you know, the class of degree you've come out from the from the university with, if you are entrepreneurial and, you know, in focus, um, because then, you know, it's about passion, it's about commitment. Uh, but yes, it is a challenge where, you know, there are very few, there are very many graduates chasing very few you know, employment opportunities. And that's where you get employers, you know, putting criteria such as minimum, you know, uh, qualification. Uh, But here are some of the, you know, tips that I will, you know, offer. And in law, it's quite interesting. If you look at some of the most repeated and most brilliant, you know, lawyers in Nigeria over the past, few decades, you'd find that not all of them were, you know, brilliant students. Uh, it could be on account of, you know, not being so committed when they were in school. I think I was in kind of like in that category myself. Um, you know, I managed to get through, uh, you know, all but one of my courses. I once had a receipt in a particular course. And by the time I wrote the, the course the second time, the lecturer called me and said, what was wrong with you the first time? You know, um, so sometimes you find that young people are not as committed to what they're doing at the time that, you know, is required, you know, the holy book itself says that there's time for everything and you must bring yourself to be focused on the things that are relevant at every point in time. When it's time to study, you know, you should prioritize that over, you know, partying or doing, you know, spending time on social media and the rest of it. Um, But... To the question i think in law and in many other professions one way of overcoming this challenge is if you go into the practice area Uh, in practice uh, these requirements of having to have graduated with a certain degree uh, a class is not prevalent it's more prevalent in the corporate world Uh, is that if you distinguish yourself with commitment with passion with hard work Uh, then you give yourself an opportunity to overcome it. Because when employers are looking for skills, there are many ways in which they find those skills. It could be by, you know, advertisement where they've set the criteria and unfortunately you might not meet it. But it could even be by, you know, looking through informal means such as, you know, secondments or they go. So I'll give the example I got into MTN from a law firm on secondment. I I didn't apply to go in there, and by the time I got in there on secondment, the company started writing to my firm to say, "No, we want this guy to stay. We don't want him to go back to your to come back to your office." There had to be some sort of compromise. So distinguish yourself in the things that you do. Um, if you miss the opportunity whilst in school to have you know performed as best as you can which could be on account of you know, maybe uh, distractions that didn't allow you to give it, you know, give your studies the best shot. Uh, it kind of makes it a little bit harder in you know, uh, uh, formal employment down the road. But for those of you who might still be in school and still have the opportunity of putting your best foot forward as far as the academics are concerned, the real advice is please focus on the most important things at the most relevant time. But if you are already on that journey of saying, oh, look, I'm already out, I have a third class, I have a, you know, I don't have a first class, you know, and they're asking for this, find other ways of demonstrating your competence, you know, your commitment, such that you become a sought after skill, you know, and then employers will make exceptions and say, oh, no, we know this one is you know uh is is uh is competent and it shouldn't matter whether or not you have that certificate or that class of degree or not
3: excellent could you um, remind me so. what the question is again
0: um um skill versus degree um if you have like a very bad right um degree let's say like a three so
3: yeah. i genuinely think that we're moving into a space where um so, well, first, I, I don't know if it's a Nigerian thing or just overall. No, I don't think it's just Nigerian. I think overall, for the longest time, people have placed a lot of emphasis on certifications, degrees, you know, things like that. But I think we're generally moving into a space where people are very deliberately pricing or considering skills significantly higher than degrees. Because people have seen that the fact that you have a degree. Or you have this kind of particular group it doesn't necessarily mean that you can do what it is you expected to do, or what it was that you went to school to go and do. I'll give you an example of a few top tech companies have announced over the last few years. I think Nestle definitely announced that, but even Google announced at a period. I think Google and Facebook. I'm not sure whether it was is either or, or both of them, that they were they were going to start considering hiring people without a college degree and. Perhaps maybe perhaps maybe it's because of a it's because the maybe the tech industry these days is very heavily dependent on people. Just you have to like you can't you can't necessarily go to school properly and learn how to be like a software developer as a full degree, you know, for many people. It is it literally means that you're taking time off, you're practicing, you're learning on your own, you're learning with a team, you're, you know, paying for one course online or something. Or something like that. So if you look at even like the where I said the digital skills space and the way people learn, things are changing quite a bit. And I genuinely think that in the in the future we we're, there's going to be very like very, very less dependence on like four, five year degrees. It's going to be what can you do? All right. Where what can you do and prove that you can do it? And that doesn't have to come with a degree. You know, it could be for, for example, you know, it, it, I don't know, I'm, I'm not sure. What I no, I don't think this is just Nigeria. I think in a lot of, lot of countries, you get after after school graduate programs because people know that many people weren't prepped to fit into the world of work. You know, uh, many of you you went through school a certain way, you did certain things in school, and you just can't copy and paste those skills into the workplace it won't work that way for at least in I know we're like within this context the way we learn and where the workplace is it just naturally it won't actually work that way in places where people have more internships and have spent a little more time in the workplace there may be an easier transition because they've already learned while they were in school they spend time at other organizations and they kind of have an idea of oh, this is how things work because they've literally been in those positions but in Nigeria in particular I see a lot of after, after school graduate programs and things um, I see that people are people have to be retaught how to do things. Um, so I think that it's very important to pay attention to it because I think that's the future, definitely. Focusing on skills over degree. I I, I genuinely think that at some point, the degree is likely to be obsolete.
0: Okay. Um, so I, there's the, the um, next question I wanted to ask which you've also answered, pass over again. Um, I, although I don't really, I'm not seeking a lot of um, answers in this regard. I just like to go by it because somebody actually asked this question. This person said, um, considering your past and ongoing experience in the corporate world, how would you suggest a young graduate seeking employment now, especially because of all the, um, the COVID situation, how it's really apparently... Um, a lot, of, a lot of young um, graduates now between 2020 to 2021 they are really finding it hard to get a job because most of the time they submit cvs and they they don't even get any response most of the time what what, what extraordinary ways would you suggest that they go about getting the attention of employers i know that you um both of you are not like in hr space or anything but i just want to get your unique perspectives mm-hmm. on this particular situation i'm happy to go first for this one
3: so okay. so if you're still in school i think there are still a couple of things that you should do right and i think there's too many people think that going to school or going to like too many people focus on the degree they are there to get when you go to school I think it is very, actually very important that you try and live a decently quote, robust life within school. Volunteering, I think, is a magic trick that people leave on the table too much, right? So volunteer, join societies, do things outside the classroom, right? Because what, does, what, does, what, what do these things help you to do? They kind of help you to build. So there are, there are a few things that are important in the workplace that are even more important than the hard skills. Like, so people classify, these people classify soft skills almost more important than the hard skills because there are lots of people who can do these things that you can do. So what is different right so being able to build teamwork being able to problem solve being able to make the right decisions emotional and social intelligence these things you learn them by practice and just by working with people you're not necessarily taught so for example if you're um, let, let me try and give an school example so if you have group activities right putting your hand up and saying, "Okay, I'm going to lead this group. I'm going to volunteer to lead this group." You see, I know that Wono has led groups in her in her class, and I, I, I was a witness to the skills that he built in her because it first, like it, it forces you to just work with people, you know, and kind of manage things quite a bit, and taking away these lasting um, lasting what I say lasting learnings is very important. So one of the most important things that I think that people miss out on is one just doing things outside like the things that outside, like like your school things so um don't just focus on I to get good grades and don't like put your hand up to to manage groups if you can put your hand up to handle something you put your hand up to organize stuff outside just put your hand up it is important it helps you work with more people it helps you build credibility with people um, and just helps you build your social and emot- emotional intelligence. Secondly, for those who are maybe outside school, um, definitely, definitely try and volunteer. So the problem is many of you, like I know that many people leave school, right? And then you'd like, I have this degree and you place so much emphasis on that degree that you have thinking that it should happen because I have this degree. First, so let, let me be clear that I, I strongly believe that the, that the relationship between a workplace and the person is mutually beneficial. So you should never go into a place where they are treating you or acting like they are doing you a favor. Please, I, I generally don't, because you are you are bringing yourself, your unique set of skills, your unique set of life perspectives to that organization. So don't also approach this thing like they are doing you a favor, or like or that like somebody is you know doing you a favor. But understand yourself that what am I bringing to the table? If you can't articulate it properly ask yourself how can i improve in this regard um i find that some of this some of these things that like i'm particularly when, when you don't have like experience and you know people tend to see okay what have you done and you know, how have you done this i have had doors open for me just because i i was volunteering somewhere or i did a good thing that i had on my resume you know and things like that and it is okay and oh, I really wouldn't really want to say that it is okay to do it primarily for the sake of getting it on your resume. It is not altruistic, but, you know, go ahead and do it. If that is the main reason that it is, I'm hoping that you will enter and realize that, oh, this is actually much beneficial to me as a person. And then you will be a little more intentional about it. But if it's for the purpose of getting it on your resume and saying, I have volunteered with this organization, i volunteered with something like this, just go on and you just need to expand your experiences. That's part of, that's one of the things. That's one of the things I think people should do a little more. And um, so definitely volunteer a little more. Secondly, is that if you're in a field where if you're in a space or in an industry where there are like professional qualifications, there are things like that. For example, if someone is an accountant and you and you aspire to follow through on a career in accounting, if you haven't done the ACC or the ICANN or or haven't gotten started on it, it's honestly like I'm not an accountant, but I know that that's just that you're not a serious person. If you finish year four or you graduate without even like making an attempt or you're not even looking at it, then you clearly are not even a serious person. That is if you choose to follow in that, like if, if you if you intend to follow on that career path and that's where like, you, want to, you want to follow. So if in that kind of space where, for example, you work in a, like you're in HR, I think they have those personnel management trainings and exams, um, accounting, if you have those other more professional kind of career paths, um, you're lucky in that somebody has actually created a program for you that kind of helps you fit in a little more with people who have gone ahead of you. right? So if you can connect with those professional organizations and things, definitely join. Even Korean, when I was in, in uni, there uh, what's it called? It's called, called Korean, but I've forgotten. I think it's some something registered engineers in Nigeria or something like that. And they have like student packages. Thank you. <laughs> See, I haven't done this thing. I but I remember that like, when we were in uni, they would come to school and like they would try and get us to register as students at very subsidized fees. So for those who wanted to like, you know, follow this career path, it's the, you, you just have to look yeah. for it. You can't sit down and say that, you know, it's, it's it is a bit of work. Things don't, things don't typically like things land in people's laps, but generally, get up and make sure that you're doing your part, right? And be doing it strategically. Don't, don't, do, don't put up activities for the sake of doing activities. Yeah. And I think many people feel like, I think many, many of you, when, like when you graduate and you're not sure what you're going to do, you're like, let me just go, some, just go and do something. And then you just start moving around. Just set things in motion without thinking about what you're doing, without being strategic about it. You mm. should pause and ask yourself, so what do I want to do? And then move with clarity, move with commitment, move with direction. So don't just sit down and you know, think, think think that things will just pan out. Move, act, do something.
1: Yeah. That's it. Mm-hmm.
3: Thank you
0: so much.
1: Let, 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 let me pick it up from there. Uh, that last point, um, being deliberate about, being clear and deliberate about what you want to do. So one additional suggestion I have is everyone that's in this position. Yes, we know the world, you know, opportunities are drying up, you know, and all that. Ask yourself, what is it that you want to do? And do a deliberate stakeholder mapping. And say, who are the important, which organizations, which individuals, which professional bodies are the important stakeholders that if I create visibility for myself with this category of stakeholders, I improve my chances of being seen. Remember, the question is about, you know, look, you know, what are the other creative ways in which you can, you know, make yourself, give yourself a better chance, given the limited opportunities. So, and I'm saying, in addition to what Simba shared, everyone should do a stakeholder mapping, you know, which organizations, which institutions, which professional bodies, which individuals are people who can be influential in what I would like to achieve. And then how do I create visibility for myself with these people? So. For example, guys, um, I know a lot of you spend time on social media, but there is one that I think when you're, you know, considering your career and what you want to do, you know, creatively, what you want to do, in a, you know, in beneficially, LinkedIn okay. is one that I think if you are not on it, honestly. Uh, you are depriving yourself the opportunities that are out there and that and then when you get on linkedin um it's unfortunate that these days some of the things that happen on facebook and instagram are creeping into linkedin but you know and such kinds of platforms but the idea behind this kind of platform is a lot more professional and you know a lot more focused. When you get on and you connect, I get you know uh, requests for connection mm-hmm. with people that I don't know. But the first thing I do is I check out your profile. If I, if I don't see that there is some seriousness, I just you know let it slide. But I've connected with people that I don't know on LinkedIn. Maybe I was speaking at a seminar and they were there, or some some don't even know you from Adam. So I'm saying you guys. When you get on LinkedIn, there are platforms on LinkedIn that are professional, that are groups that you can learn from, you can contribute to, and you can create visibility for yourself you know and the opportunities that can come from those kinds of platforms are not necessarily going to come from people you know but if you have done that stakeholder mapping in a manner that says this is what i'm passionate about this is what i would like to do and these are the things i need to do in order to get to where i want to be then what are the things that i need to you know get involved in that facilitate my ability to achieve that objective so in addition to that, you know, I'm going to say, I think uh, symbols touched on it. A lot of professional bodies have like a young members forum, like a students, you know, uh, forum. Uh, and if you are, and this doesn't have to do with what you're studying. So you could be studying law, but you are interested in HR. If you go to the professional bodies that are, you know, uh, you know regulating HR practice, you will find that more often than not, they have young practitioners groups or forums. That's part of where you should be dropping your hat and volunteering and being active and being visible. It does two things for you. You are learning, you are honing the skills that will enable you uh, do the things that you'd like to do. But at the same time, you are also creating visibility for yourself because there will be more senior people, more you know, uh, important stakeholders who are seeing what's happening in those kinds of you know, fora and are taking notice. And you know, when opportunities come, by the way, it may not matter whether you have a third degree or you don't even have a degree in that particular profession or that particular discipline, because you've also been creative in, you know, uh, 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 you know, in making yourself visible and, you know, at and the same time, just, learning just to add to that, talk the about area that LinkedIn. you're interested
3: in. Um, I think many people don't, I I, I feel like, so, I, I sometimes think that, maybe a bit of culture also, like, a, a bit of culture works against many, Niger, what is Nigerian youth? Because many people grow up, not 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 everybody, but many people grow up with under the notion of like you know you are seen and not heard. You know, so by the time you are trying, you are going to adulthood and trying to like step outside and speak a little more in places where you think that you know there are in places where you should be speaking more, where there are like adult presence in quotes. It is almost against your nature, so you are finding it difficult. You are struggling to to you know to to be a little more. Um, visible right however there's a there is a lady that like she's honestly she's talked to me i was I, i was on a call a couple of no i was on a call earlier today and somebody said something about tastefully engaging right she's talked to me quite a bit but she did it so tastefully right she's nigerian based i think in the u.s also and she knew she wants to work in policy in a particular sector um uh, so in the tech sector in particular she had gone online she had looked for the kind of people who she went to and she had sent like a ton of people messages you could tell that like but like with each person she sent a personalized message what this is what i always ask because i strongly believe in cold emailing i don't believe in spamming people but i believe in reaching out to people with intention right so don't do copy and paste. like don't don't have like a template of a message and say i'll copy it and just send it to whoever responds to me response you know i'll do inshallah and vibes or how, how they call it right? So you have to, like, if, if you want to say, for example, you have said, like, okay, I, I want to do some work in this, in this industry, go on LinkedIn or go on YouTube or Google and search who are the people that are doing stuff in this industry, right? And then, you know, Google or search and then send them messages Messages that show that I read about you, I know what you do, I watch the video about you and say, okay, I, I'm looking at entering in this industry. What advice do you have? there are very few people that don't, that don't get stopped in by things like that. And this lady that I was speaking about, who, like, okay, she, she didn't talk me. the so first use that word. But she, she, she testfully chased me for a little bit. And I actually so got to the point where I, I actually started considering referring her to a role. But before I, I could even, like, refer, say that, refer her for that role within the organization I, work, I was working for at the time, she had, gotten, she had gotten a similar role at a, I think it was TikTok or so somewhere. And you could tell that this girl was intentional and deliberate about what she wanted, and she went after it. Um, but if you sit down, like, if you, if, you, if you haven't won, done that assignment where you are spending, like, I understand that there's a lot that's going on, and there's, and there's confusion. And sometimes when you land at these answers, you don't, you don't necessarily, you can't necessarily, like, you're not 100% sure sometimes, but do the exercise of self-awareness spend time with yourself to ask yourself what are my top interests what do i want to do you know and over time you will hone those things because you're a little more aware of okay paying attention to the things that interest you so you read something like this this really picked my interest why did it pick my interest you know i did something what you know, why, why did i enjoy this thing i did so much you know? but you have to broaden your experiences and broaden your reading in particular so, broaden your experiences with people, with, you know, the volunteer experience I already, I already spoke about, and broaden the things that you read, you know. Some people are, people should be working in industries that, that they don't even know exists. So, spend that time with yourself, and the moment you have a decent amount of clarity. You don't have to be like a, yes, I am 100% certain, but like, I, but be, be like, okay, I think that this is where I should spend some time focusing on. And then go ahead and do the work behind required. I think outside the box, if you just things, you can't sit down and expect that things to land. That, that's, that's the one thing that's, you know, I, I always, that's interesting to me when I hear, like when I hear people talk about things. Let, let me actually, let me actually give you like a little bit of a background. My first, my job at Intel, when I was trying to move from PZ to Intel, I applied for that job, but I got a, I applied for that on the official channel. I got an email Almost immediately, like an hour later, saying, sorry, you don't qualify for this job. I moved on, but I, a couple of weeks later, I saw that the job was still open. So I googled um, Human Resources Nigeria. Um, so Human Resources Intel Nigeria, you know. But I didn't see HR Intel Nigeria, but I, I kept seeing somebody's name. His name was Pumekodari, was the country manager of Intel. and it had just been announced like uh, a couple of months before then. So what did I do? I went to my email. I put olubumi underscore ecundariat intel.com, olubomid.ecundary attintel.com. Oh underscore intel.com. Um I put like 14 email addresses, put them in Bcc, put my email, put my um put my resume, typed in why I think I'll be great for that role, and then sent it. 13 emails bounced, but one did not bounce. The man emailed me the next day and said, you know um come for a come for an interview come on come for an interview a 20 minutes interview later i had the role right same same with my facebook job actually somebody had emailed me about a job Facebook a couple of years before but i had seen so i never responded to that particular recruiter because it wasn't a role that i wanted but i saw this role later and said that oh i actually really do want this role and it looks like something that I, i really really am suited for so i went and dug up my email in fact, before this, I should have told you, <laughs> I had gone to people's LinkedIn, I had come to India, messages. Sometimes you get a response, sometimes you don't get a response, mostly for, for, for the role that, for, when I was looking for the role on Facebook, a couple of years before I actually got this new role, I didn't get a response at all from any recruiter. But this one, when this lady emailed me, so I, I went back to the email that she sent in 2017 or so, and I sent her an email. Was saying, I found this rule. I think I'd, I'd, I'd be great for it. Could you kindly refer me to the, rec- to the recruiting manager? She responded, she connected me, and here I am. I don't believe in sitting down, right? And waiting for things to be handed to you. What is the worst that can happen if you reach out for that role? What's the worst that can happen? You don't have it. You don't have the thing that you're looking for. So you still won't have it if they tell you no. So you might as well just go out and ask for things. Anyway, so that's, that's, that, I think that's the one thing I see, like, a lot of young people were just sitting and sitting for like, you know, ah, you know, and you know, I, I get it, you are you're feeling down, your friend seems to be moving forward and things like that, but like, I, I don't have a lot of patience, I, and I'll be honest, and one of those things, I don't have a lot of patience for just sitting there and watching your feet happen, and watching your feet and just wallowing in your, this thing, wallow for a little bit, but then get up and move forward, you know? Thanks.
0: <laughs> like all this, like I actually have literally have no questions on my path anymore because every single thing I must have written down here has been answered, <laughs> and it has been so insightful. I'm so grateful to you guys for sharing this particular insight. It's not just like um, something you can Google up and it will just pop up. It's a real insight that are actually quite useful. So, Vincent, do you have any particular question before we round off you want to ask them?
2: Okay, so I have just one question. First of said something at the beginning which interested me, supporting younger professional colleagues to finding their feet. So, in the workplace, mm-hmm. for, uh, a lot of my generation, Gen Z, or generally, people spend most um, of their time at work, Interacting with their bosses and some other colleagues, so I don't know. Do you do you think there is a moral? Um, bossy supervisors have some sort of obligation towards grooming um, younger um, younger colleagues. Do do you think it, it? Do you think they have that obligation? Because I could have my confidence damaged at work. I could have my self esteem destroyed at work. Yeah. So what's what's your what's your take on that? Do you think bossy supervisors have any reasons to be you know invested in like why do you do what you do? That's supporting your younger colleagues. Let I think that's a good way to ask that. Why do you do what you do? Yeah. So what's your take on that? I mean fully well that a lot of things that happen at the workplace could end up shaping these young graduates.
1: Yes. Okay. Great question. And um, one that I, you know, um, I I think I've had occasion to answer uh, several in the past. Uh, Well, uh, it's a personal opinion. And the opinion that I have is that, yes, um, you know, most senior professionals, you know, have an obligation, do have an obligation. If you are genuinely passionate about the profession, then you would want the profession to develop. And a profession that doesn't have a core of you know, bright, younger generation coming into it has little chance of surviving or being relevant into the future. So from a personal point of view, I have that passion and that commitment to the legal profession. I genuinely believe that, you know, it is, I mean, there are things that lawyers say and people think, oh, we're just, oh, we're learned we're this, but it's something that I'm genuinely passionate about the legal profession. Secondly, Uh, I think, you know, my own experience has also shaped my opinion and the actions that I take in this regard. I, you know, coming out of school, part of the training of a lawyer, a young lawyer, is that you will have a, what is called a chamber's attachment. I don't know what they call it these days. In other words, whilst you're still in law school, you will be, you know, interned with a law firm. Uh... And I did that with the law firm of Alukano but uh, Back then, it's a gentleman called Bankole Lumidoe Aluko, uh, SAN. Unfortunately, now late of blessed memory. And the experience that I had, you know, the manner in which I was, you know, uh, embraced and I was encouraged, has never left me. It's always been, you know, a, a, a reason why I feel that I must also pass pass on. To the younger generation, and yes, in the workplace, uh, you know, particularly in the corporate world, uh, any you know um, serious-minded business leader who is part of a profession does have the responsibility of helping to build the younger generation. Maybe not necessarily in your profession alone, but broadly. But when you now focus on your profession, you know that, you know, it's important for you to also contribute to the development of the people who are coming behind you. Uh, and on my part, what I've done is I've volunteered for training sessions with the Young Lawyers Forum of the Nigerian Bar Association. I've volunteered, you know, to, you know, uh, facilitate, you know, uh, training development programs, you know, organized by different institutions, I, uh, mentoring relationships yeah that I have with you know, a few young people, mostly at work, uh, you know, uh, I do agree that actually there there needs to be some relationship. You can't, you know, just meet people out of the blues and become a mentor. Um, so, yeah, that that's that's my view. Those are my views about that. I don't know if there was a subsequent question that I missed.
0: Mm-hmm. Almost identical to what the has asked you, As asked um, you guys before. Um, what mm-hmm. are your your personally as individuals, what are your personal contributions so, to your generation in workplace
3: at the moment, so in, um, let me think about it. So I try to be very deliberate about like mentor okay so it's, so I have, I have an interest relationship with, with mentorship, right? I believe that mentorship should be done organically and not necessarily because like it's a uh, not necessarily as, like, part of, like, a program. So I think, so I have, I feel, I've found that I have found, I have found mentors personally in the workplace over time just because we've just worked together and I have, I have, I have deliberately cultivated, like, a mentorship, mentorship relationship with this person or this person has also, I can see this person has also been very deliberate about mentoring me in the workplace. And I have kind of taken that approach forward with, like, how I mentor people going forward. I'll be honest with you and say that it's, I think it's only until very recently that I felt like I even had, like, because I, I, I first think, what do I even know? Even do I worked for 10 years? Imposter syndrome is real. <laughs> so it's only until very recently that I've been like comfortable saying, okay, I'm actually going to mentor someone. So I'm currently in a, I am mentoring people, not just my, not actually in my workplace, because I haven't even worked here this long, but in my, with my alumni association. I went to Covenant University and they have a, there's a pioneer mentorship program that they are linking people who have you know passed out a couple of years earlier with people who just you know left finished from uni recently so that's that's probably like the only like the only structured program that i've been a part of But how am i deliberately seeing how i'm mentoring people outside the workplace in particular i would like the volunteering organizations that i'm in um i mean and and, and I, i i volunteer for a number of them um so i am deliberate about doing that but i'm very also, also very deliberate about making sure that it's an organic relationship and it's not something that is one for a tick in the boxes um, and i genuinely think that that's how my trip should be it's be like i have worked with you or i have spent time with you i do get you that's why i don't believe in me- me- messaging somebody on linkedin or somewhere or anywhere at all or meeting somebody at an event and I say please can you mentor me because the mentorship relationship is very involved i don't think it's one that you just i don't know you from Adam. Literally, you need to build a relationship to an extent first. Person, that's, that, that's that's my school of thought. Build a relationship to an extent before you now move into like a mentorship because mentorship relationship. Because how do I even know where or what you know is it to mentor? So that's that's where I stand with mentorship. No, it's it's yeah. really
0: literally the same question. Um, so this podcast. Has gone way longer than I th- than I intended it to go, and I'm so grateful. I'm so appreciative that uh, of how insightful it has been, and actually very useful. Um, if there's if there are some things that I picked up, um, I picked up that the first thing is um um how um you have to be committed to the decisions that you make, and have clarity. Um, even though you might not get them immediately because the, not everybody wakes up and just says, this is what I want to do. This is what I. But the moment you get clarity, be committed. And you don't have to be 100% sure. But if you're interested in something and you're going into it, be committed into it. And also, um, I one particular thing I'm going to go and read up on is the um, written mention uh, strategy mapping or something like that, how you should step order mapping, sorry, stakeholder mapping and, you know, knowing all the key players of what, what you want to do. Also, how LinkedIn is quite important. I mean, I learned quite a lot of things and I also want very interesting fact which is um yeah. the code emailing thingy I, mean, I feel it's very you know um simba is actually very um she she was very spot on when she said say something about how as nigerian youth we don't want to be heard and simba is very brave i don't know if i can't do it. it's just randomly email people but like you said what's the worst that can happen i don't know them before they don't know me before the worst they will say is no or they will never reply me at all and that's okay um yeah so it has been really insightful for me and it's something i'll probably go back to and listen to again and digest properly um so thank you so much so so much i don't know if vincent has anything to add but uh um before we close out and end
2: this podcast no no i don't i don't have anything to add okay. i don't, it's it's it has been a very insightful session it has been a very insightful session, basically. So yeah, thank you for your contributions, symbol yeah. and putting. I need to pick up the cardboard or something. Once <laughs> <In fact, laughs> I'm done with this call, I'm going to resist. I'm going to <laughs> all. Right. Thank, you going to go you thank you guys for the invite. It was really my pleasure. So, thank you very it. much. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we are so we are thank grateful you, that you man. accepted. Yeah. Thank you so much. Bye 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 Rotimi bye Simbo. Bye. Bye Thanks for listening to today's episode. We hope this series was as fun for you to listen to as it was for us to make it. We loved all the comments on our last episode and we hope you enjoyed this one as much. To check out more 20s Fusion content, follow us on our social media on Instagram and Twitter at 20s Fusion. And feel free to leave
3: comments and suggestions. We love hearing your feedback. Until next time, stay safe and God bless.